Welcome to Impact Oversell. Here is your host, Shuffcut, aka Shuff. Hello, Impact Wrestling fans. Thank you so much for tuning in for episode two of Impact Oversell. I am indeed Shaf, and if you're new here, be sure to check out episode zero where you can find out a bit more about me and why I decided to put this podcast together. But right now, let's get into a quick review of the October 13th edition of Impact Wrestling. Moose, when is the last time he's actually had a nice, normal night on Impact Wrestling? It's been quite some time. He's just been hunting down the TNA title every single week, and now he's really stressed and in the face of Scott T. Moore to kick off this week's Impact. He's happy, he's not happy rather, why would he be happy? He's not happy that he's got a match at undisclosed location with EC3. Scott shuts down Moose. He states that it's the title that he's never won. He's a match in a pretend location against a guy who doesn't work here. Of course, Moose being Moose rejects all those philosophies as he put it, storms off. EC3 on the projector. It's another message from Moose. We find out that the TNA title lives. He's got it still in his possession wants Moose to cross the bridge to find what it is he seeks. I just find it funny when during the segment Scott D. Moore just sort of hit his head against the wall. Um, To be honest that's what I felt like doing when they first brought back the TNA Championship and it was almost presented as if it was a separate championship. So treating this title as a legacy of TNA is something separate but clearly the TNA title became the Impact title. Also the GFW title for a couple of months but we ignore that. Um, And so the history and legacy of TNA is still intact, it's just now in the Impact Championship. I'm clearly overthinking it but it's just that when they used to introduce the modern CD machine guns and returned, it was quoted that they are former TNA tag team champions. Well yes but again those titles are now the Impact tag team titles so they're multiple time Impact tag team champions. Anywho, a bit different instead of just getting a recap to kick off the show. Moving on, Rosemary makes her way into the studio. She's preparing to team up with Taya Valkyrie to take on the team of Havoc and Nevea and Kiera Hogan and Tasha Steeles. A good opening match, a bit of a worrisome moment when Taya went high risk off the top turnbuckle um, to take out Nevea, Havoc and Tasha. Um, the way she landed, the referee was unchecking on her. The following sequence then I think was probably done on the spot where Tasha Steeles sort of put on the brakes as she's clearly going to dive on outside the ring. Nobody else was up and so Tasha just did her thing and danced on the spot, which allowed Rosemary to get a double underhook slam and get the win for her and Taya Valkyrie. They're now 3-0 in Impact. Josh Matthews and Madison Rain check in and at one point, um, and the graphic was up on screen for this as well, um, Madison Rain said that Moose believes EC3 is in the arena tonight. Um, unless I missed something, I didn't get that from the opening segment. The Wrestle House cast are back. Woohoo! I really did enjoy Wrestle House. Fanabar says he hasn't got the money. When questioned by Alicia, he clearly has. Crazy Steve is clearly the only one that watches this show, as he wants to know if there is anything that Fanabar wants to get off his chest. Like, I don't know, the chain with cash that he stole from Hernandez. And also, clearly, like Hernandez, Fanabar doesn't believe in putting money in a bank account. Or at least hiding it somewhere in the venue. But hey ho. This whole sequence ends with a match scheduled later between Falabar and Crazy Steve. Also, we were robbed. Robbed of seeing Cousin Jake get his groove on and dance. Maybe next time. On to the next segment where uh, Rosemary is speaking to Havoc. They now have a one on one match scheduled for next week. If Rosemary defeats Havoc, Havoc must help Rosemary to resurrect James Mitchell. If Havoc wins, Rosemary must leave ha- Rosemary must leave her alone and leave James Mitchell there. 
based on what happened with the defeat Rohit challenge last week, Rosemary, probably get it in writing that Havoc's going to specifically help you to do that. It's all building up towards the wedding, which later on in the show we find out is taking place October 27th. Surprise, surprise, we see Heath Slater in the back. Rhino comes out the Impact Management office, says he's pulled a few strings, and Heath is now in the Call Your Shot match at Bound for Glory. And if either Heath or Rhino get the win in that matchup, Heath has a contract with Impact Wrestling, the contract, the proposal that Heath put forward. Rhino tells Heath to go and get ready for the 10 person tag later on, where the winning team move on next week to face each other, and the winner of that match enters number 20 in the Gauntlet match. But we find out from Scott Moore that if neither Heath Slater or Rhino win, then, then Rhino's contract is terminated. Very, very interesting. Surely it can't be the end of the career of Rhino. Could it? Wow, is Rhino a good friend to Heath. The way Heath treated that contract negotiation, as I said in last week's review, I didn't care. Like Heath didn't even look at the proposal that Scott gave you. But yeah, Rhino sticking uh, his career on the line to help out his best buddy. That's got me invested more in this matchup, definitely a bang for glory, that's for sure. Caleb with a K makes his return, he introduces to Neil Dashwood. And he, she's teaming up with Tommy Dreamer, Brian Myers, Cody Dina, and Johnny Swinger. We learned from Josh Matthews that these teams are randomly picked. They're going against Hernandez, Cousin Jake, Alicia Edwards, Rhino, and Heath. So as I just mentioned previously, the winning team in this matchup, they move on to a matchup next week where they'll face each other. And the person who wins in that matchup gets the number 20 spot in the Call Your Shot Gauntlet and Banford Glory. We find out later on in the show that the person who gets pinned in that matchup enters in at number 1. And also interesting because who are the additional people that are going to be in that matchup? Because clearly this isn't all of them. Tenille Dashwood wasn't interested at all during this matchup. She was too focused on looking at the photos Caleb with the K was taken of her. Madison Rain also stating that if Tenille wins the gauntlet at Bound for Glory, she could challenge for the world title. Also, it sounded like during the match that Alicia Redwoods called Hernandez Fernandez or something along those lines. Reminded me of during Russell House when she was refereeing one of the matches and she raises the arm of one of the Dinas and she said, I don't know which Dina this is. Madison Ray called it Alicism, so sounds like she gets names and words mixed up by the sound of it. A couple of funny moments during the matchup with the ECW chant going on when Tommy Dreamer was tagged in. I know who you are, you're Tommy Dreamer from Russell House. Tommy Dreamer, by the way, this week, maybe you listened to the show last week. The yellow circles, getting closer to the Mr. Blobby look. Come on, Tommy. Hashtag Mr. Robin Dreamer. But seriously, Tommy, he does look great. Quite a fun match. The ending sequence comes when Tommy Dreamer tags in Brian Myers and throws him, pulls him into the ring over the top rope. Shortly thereafter, Swinger tags himself in. At this point, Dreamer from outside the ring grabs Brian Myers' legs, pulls him outside of the ring, decks him with a punch, and Heath gets the win on Johnny Swinger with his finisher, the wake-up call. I think his entrance music played at the end, which I found a bit strange. Sammy Callahan and Eddie Edwards are in the back, and he gets attacked once again by Ken Shamrock, this time with an ankle lock, leaving Eddie writhing in pain on the floor. Jimmy Jacobs is the only person brave enough to interview Eric Young. Erica wants answers about if Rich Swan is going to show up at Bound for Glory, he's clearly expecting him not to, and he's going to head to the ring later to get some answers and get to the bottom of it. Kimberly then made her way to the ring and she was accompanied by the Knockouts Champion. But she wasn't introduced as the Knockouts Champion. Kylie Ray makes her entrance all happy, smiley, following up to last week. You can see the facial expressions during this match from Kylie Ray, where she's intense and she wants to hurt Kimberly. Kylie goes for Hurricanrana off the apron, 
Kimberly does stop the momentum and slams Kylie back first into the apron, which is painful. A competitive matchup, I did enjoy this one, there were quite a few near falls. Um, Diana Peraza got up on the apron and Kylie goes a super kicker, but Diana jumps off the apron just in time. Um, in the end, Kylie Ray does lock in a cross face on Kimberly, and holy cow, that was one tight cross face. And here's the thing Kylie doesn't let go after Kimberly taps out, she is enraged. So much so that Donna has to come in, breaks it up by kicking Kylie in the back. Diana punches Kylie back, and then a super kick from Kylie, which floors Diana. She punches her, but Diana throws Kylie off and manages to get out of the ring. Yikes. Kylie Ray means business, and still, no sign of Sue Young or Susie. The Good Brothers very slowly make their way to the ring, plugging all their merchandise and the talking shop beers. They cut a promo basically stating they like the payday they're getting, and then they realise they liked it in Impact Wrestling. Good for you guys. They say that they're the best wrestlers, the best storytellers. Get it? Because they tell stories in the back. Aha. And they're also the best beer drinkers, and they realised to be the best, they need to win the tag team titles. Well, no kidding. Madman Fulton's music hit and I really love his theme, really suits him, proper monster theme tune, very dramatic. But very very quickly Luke Gallows and Madman Fulton get counted out. After the break the match is restarted and it's a no disqualification match, or as Madison Rain put it, a do whatever you want match. That's got to be the new brand for these matches going forward, forget old school rules, forget no disqualification, schedule for one fall, a do whatever you want match. Perfect. This was a great matchup, I enjoyed it, it was just two big guys going to destroy and kill each other. Madman Fulton was in the corner trying to place Gallo's head in the crap position in front of a steel chair which was wedged between the top and middle turnbuckle and then Madman Fulton ran towards Luke Gallo's with another chair but Gallo's gets a boot up which hits the steel chair into Madman Fulton's face. Fulton is only momentarily phased. He charges towards Gallo's and Gallo's dodges out of the way and throws him into the chair in the corner and a double-handed choke slam onto two seated chairs in the middle of the ring onto Madman Fulton to get the immediate pinfall and the win. I hope this isn't the last just these two going one-on-one -on -one in the singles match. Enjoyed it. A quick, fast-paced carnage just looking to inflict pain on one another. Fulton was quickly back up to his feet and he was just staring down Gallows while he was holding his head. You find out from Josh Matthews and Madison Rain that Eddie Edwards will take on Ken Shamrock next week. And I love this whole sequence where the matches they announce next week, you can see how they're perfectly linking to the matches that will take place at Bound for Glory. Eric Young heads to the ring, he says this world belongs to him, that the title he holds, the Impact Championship, is power. And he's not leaving the ring until he hears that Rich Swan has quit and won't be at Bound for Glory. We cut to Scott D. Moore in the back, he gets a phone call from Dr. Foreman with some news. Scott D. Moore heads to the ring to meet Eric Young. Eric Young, he wants to know that Rich Swan is a crippled, no good quitter and that Eric Young has light off at Bound for Glory. Eric Young isn't even happy when Scott D. Moore's not even looking at him. Eric Young says to Scott D. Moore, you work for me now, not the other way around. And I love the history they acknowledged here with Scott D. Moore stating when he first met Eric Young and the history in Team Canada was acknowledged and he doesn't know where this version of Eric Young has come from. But he lays down the news that even though there is additional substantial damage, his orthopaedic surgeon has said that Rich Swan is an extra special kind of athlete and he's still ahead of schedule for Bound for Glory. Young grabs Scott D. Moore, shoves him in the corner, stomping on him. At this point, Rich Swan jumps in, delivers a cutter to Eric Young and he retreats while Rich Swan is holding up the Impact World Championship. Roll on next week.
And then we head to Moose. The moment for me is when EC3 lays the title down, says to Moose, cross the line, fight me. Great reference to the cross the line slogan that was used in the early days. And I didn't like the music here. It stopped when Moose was hit with the title. And, but again, the dialogue, EC3 stating to Moose while he's down, you're a father, you're a husband, that you wanted this fight so bad, he wanted to have the fight of his life, and that's all the best he got. He said it would be so funny if it wasn't so sad. As EC3 goes to walk away, walk, Moose gets up and just unloads on EC3. It's multiple right hands, and EC3 is bloodied. Moose has the title back now. How are we going to get from here to the matchup? Looking forward to next week, looking forward to Bad Glory. Again, really enjoy this episode of Impact and a thumbs up from me. I am definitely pumped. I am hyped for Bang for Glory. Cannot wait. Definitely looking forward to it. The Go Home Show is next week. Let me know your thoughts on the show. Let me know your thoughts on Impact. Email me feedback at impactoversell.com and also follow Impact Oversell on Twitter and Facebook. I look forward to hearing from you. Thank you so much for tuning in. Hope you continue to stay safe and well out there. Thank you for listening. Have a groovy day.